This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal preview series. Apologies for the slight lateness, not only late in terms of this show specifically, but also obviously there was no show at 8am. So technically I'm kind of 10 hours late. So I can only apologise for that. But I was at Mikel Arteta's press conference this morning. So I'm hoping that you can forgive me because uh, it was, of course, an unavoidable appointment that I was uh, attending to this morning. Um, <laughs> the chat box comments have been brilliant. Robin says, when Tom is in the room, your timetable's in trouble. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, Amira says, Tom should just start the stream and put on some elevator music while we wait. If there's any music that's going to be played here, it's going to be drum and bass, and you know that. Anyway, let's bring in our fantastic guests. Of course, we have our guests on our preview shows from the Discord server. Uh, first of all, joining us is Pablo. Pablo, how are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, doing well, Tom. Thank you. Doing well. Looking forward to tomorrow. Can't You're wait. looking healthier than you were last time you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, my voice is still not fully back, but yeah, getting there. Thank you. Getting there. Absolutely. No, good to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, also joined by Garrett. How are you doing, Garrett? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me on. I've done it a few times recently, so I'm making a bit of a habit of it now. He's a keen bean, is what he is. He's a keen bean. He's enjoying this. Not only that, speaking of keen beans, making back-to-back appearances as well, it's James. How are you doing, James? You good, you well? You're muted. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Not only am I the reason that we're late, I've started off muted. Uh, so I apologize to the chat. That's all me. Um, but I will say I'm cool, doing James. well. Um, it's all him. <laughs> yes, uh, no, it's fine. Things happen, mate. Things happen. I'd be lying if I said I was never late to anything in my life ever. I'm late a, a silly amount. So there you go. I tell you what, it was ridiculous this morning. So the press conference was at uh, 9.30. And so I set my alarm at 7, as I usually do, because I usually have to get there about 45 minutes-ish to an hour before it starts. And it usually takes about an hour to drive to the training ground. I woke up at half six, checked Google Maps, and it was already saying it was two hours at half six to get to London Colney. So I panicked and got dressed and ready and left around seven. And it took me till nine to get there. I was 
fortunate I checked the maps when I did because I might never have got there. Um, but yes, so there you go. Um, let's get on to talk about uh, Everton because, Pablo, this is obviously a team where, away from home, dreadful record. And that was evidenced again earlier, well, this month, actually, at the start of February. We've had a very interesting month where we've dropped points and then recovered our form, of course. But at home against Everton, we couldn't really have a better record against a team. We're very, very good playing at home against Everton. How do you kind of see this one happening and how are you feeling ahead of it? I'm feeling confident, even though we lost to them a month ago. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible result, <laughs> by the way, away from home. I don't know what it is that they've got on us. It's just one of them bogey teams, as they call it. It used to be Bolton before, and like there's been many teams throughout uh, the histories, but I think now it's Everton's turn for us to not be able to win at Goodison. But um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'll be dead honest with you, home record against them is superb. Uh, if you go on form as well, we're much better team in a much better form. There is no reason why we should be worried, but let's hope that it doesn't go doesn't go against what I'm saying right now. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't. Garrett Everton, as we know, are a team that can cause us problems. They have done away from home, but as I mentioned to Pablo, you know, at home we've had some very good uh, performances at the end of last season. I know it was a nothing game, and Everton themselves had already stayed up by that point, but we battered them that day. Are you expecting a similar kind of outcome or do you think it's going to be far tougher than that? Um, yeah, I definitely don't think it will be like the game in the last season. I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, I think they were already on their holidays at that point, you know, they'd, uh, they'd stayed up. So the season was done for them. They hung over by that point. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, no, tomorrow's game, I think, will definitely pose different challenges. I mean, we saw when we were at Goodison, their midfield versus ours on that day was just a mismatch, really. I mean, they were getting physical with us and we couldn't hack it. Um, so, yeah, we need to be better. It, I think mainly in the midfield. And I think my, when you see my team later on, um, I think that kind of reflects it. I think we do definitely need Parate just to bring that bit of physicality in there. Um, and I expect Arteta to start Parate as well, to be honest, to just cheer up that midfield. Parate did start the game away from home. <laughs> we still, but in fairness, when he came off, that's when we conceded. So you could argue, I suppose, yeah. that... That influence uh, was lost, um, but Jorginho's have been fantastic. We'll talk a bit about the team shortly. Um, James, Everton, uh, again, just to kind of get your thoughts on how you're feeling ahead of the game. And I remind you to, to unmute yourself. There it is. Uh, <laughs> he was, he saw it. He was on it. He was ready. Um, but uh, one of the key things missing from them is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Supposedly, he won't be ready. Um, again, another player with significant and persistent injury problems, not available at key times during the season for their side. How much of a loss do you think that will be to them tomorrow? I don't want to think about them having lost players as the key for us to win, because I think the key for us to win is we just played our game, and they they shouldn't be able to stay with us. So the as long as we can attack the way that we should be able to dealing with them on, on the counter. If, if Gabriel and Saliba play the way that they did against Leicester, we won't have any issues because Saliba, Saliba stopped every single counter that came at us. And Gabriel was a rock as always. Yeah. Those two have been a great pair. Uh, they had a little bit of a scuffle. It seemed at the end of the game uh, against Leicester. I know people have seen the, uh, the clip going around. Arteta was asked about that actually this morning. And he said that they are, they're a happy marriage is the way he describes their relationship, which is great, you know. And I think, I think you know, those types of situations are actually, you know, they're quite telling of a group that 
demand so much of each other and you know that that is going to cause little fractures and uh little dis- discrepancies but it's all part of being a family you know who who here is that a family member they've never ever had an argument with it's just not possible you know you're always going to argue with your family at some point i think that's the same thing in in there because it's definitely a family between the players right now and they just want to you know succeed and if they see their their teammate doing something they don't necessarily think is the right thing they're, they're not going to be afraid to tell them i like that uh, pablo that arteta said that he doesn't want robots in his team uh, and he wants kind of these players to be emotional be genuine and I feel like that we get that from from the players game on game, and you see that. And I think you also saw that Verdigard giving Zinchenko the captaincy to commemorate the the year uh, anniversary of the Russian invasion as well. There, there's just some camaraderie about this team that really pushes us forwards. Yeah, I think this is the difference that Arteta has brought on to to this team, really, to this Arsenal side. Um, I mean, you look in the past years. We've used to actually, as Arsenal fans, we used to complain about the fact that there was no fight in the team, there was no spirit, there was no togetherness, and all these sort of things that was like negative that was missing. We had the talent, we had the quick ballers and all this, but we just didn't have that collective unity that we have now. And you can see you, there's a connection, like I, think I said before, with the players, with the manager, with the fans. We're a full club now. Yeah, you can just see it between the players, the passion there. You 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 can see that it hurts them when they lose. Even when they draw us, when we draw a game, you can see it in their face. It's not good enough. And that is what we've been missing. And we finally, finally got it. So to see players react to certain situations is only natural because if you care about something, you're going to react when things ain't going your way. Even if you're winning a game and you make a mistake, that shows that they're after perfection. Yeah. If they're winning the game, they've made a mistake and they're getting on each other's case and sort of egging each other on, whatever. It shows passion. It shows that they don't want to lose. Even if they're winning, they don't want to concede. They don't want to give the other team that opportunity to get back into the game. So to me, I'm all for it. I absolutely love seeing passion. I love seeing this new Arsenal team, the togetherness. And yeah, it's, it's been long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really long overdue. Um it's interesting as well, Garrett, like uh, when you look at Chelsea at the moment and you see obviously the manager that they've got, Graham Potter, um, there's been a few things that and I bring it up because obviously it was brought up in the in the press conference this morning because Graham Potter mentioned that he suggested watching Arsenal's All or Nothing documentary around the idea that Arteta you know, was on the verge of being sacked. And now look, and then I saw a tweet from Charles Watts, which I thought was very well pointed out, is that this was Arteta's first job in, in, in management. You know, Potter's been to two other Premier League sides. He's managed in Europe with Ostersunds. You know, I think this is his fourth job overall. Um, it's it's a very different scenario. But do you look at Arsenal and Chelsea now as two teams? And when you look at the way in which we might approach tomorrow's game with a team coming to the Emirates now fearing us, and you look at Chelsea, and they're a team that I think teams like Everton will go to thinking, we can actually get something from these guys. How do you look at the different dynamic between the two clubs and how that's reversed now? Yeah, I don't know. I think the whole Graham Potter thing, um, you just don't get those luxuries that he's a manager, do you? I mean, we've seen it time and time again. You know, they don't give you time. Um, and as far as, yeah, teams now thinking they can take the game to Chelsea, Sanford Bridge, I mean, we obviously all love to see it as Arsenal fans. Um, it's great to see the roles reverse for us. You know, people are now coming to the Emirates thinking, you know, the game, this game isn't going to be open. We have to sit back and I suppose look to, you know, catalyze any errors they make and really, 
we should I don't think we will make too many errors tomorrow, especially last time we played them. I think the loss was was it was it was bad loss, bad performance all around. To be fair, I don't think we were. It just wasn't coming together in any part of the pitch. I mean, the final third, the midfield, as I already said, was terrible. Um, and then yeah, the defense just you know that, that corner was painful to watch, but it happened, you know. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I think yeah, it's it's very different, but I think Graham Potter he's uh, clutching his draws. I think bringing our Ted into this really because it's just the same circumstances whatsoever. No, I agree with you. Um, I, th- I I just think that he's using anything he can at the moment to try and look positively on what they're doing. Every time he's interviewed after the game, it's it's kind of a it's a strange interview process, and I, I say that, but it's also quite familiar because I remember Arteta speaking after games that we dropped points in, saying kind of look at the things that we've done positively. That's the only way you can, you know, look to. Uh, and I think that. We've now seen all of the things that Arteta talked about when we were struggling, the unity, the progression, um, the togetherness, the responses, all of those things. I think we now see that completely turned around from the points where we were struggling. And you could see what Arteta was trying to get at this entire time. And it's had to take, you know, moving out some bad parts of the machine and bringing in some much, much better ones, some more experienced, some younger and uh, and more efficient to, to make the machine work the best it can. But... I think there are differences between ourselves and, and Chelsea. But I think when you look at tomorrow's game, we're going to see, hopefully, James, you know, the the way in which we've approached all of the games this season, which is with, uh, you know, we don't necessarily think about the opponent too much. We focus on how we play our game, what we need to do, what we can do to emphasise the best part of ourselves. But that's also led, I think, Mikel Arteta to be reluctant to change too much about the starting eleven. But with this being a midweek game, do you think that he needs to be a little bit more open to rotation? I think he does. And if not today, then at the very least, he needs to at the weekend against Bournemouth. I think they're obviously both games that we need to win and obviously should. Um, but with this one, I think he'll, he'll be out for a bit of revenge. Now, in the in the starting lineups, I have a little bit of a rotation, but I think that they're – not really anything big that's going to really change the system or anything like that, but especially against Bournemouth. Now, if we, if we go in and we batter them in this game and then come up to Bournemouth at the weekend, then by all means, rotate the squad a little bit more, give players that need a rest, a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of, of rotation, I suppose we should have a look at our teams that we've gone for. Um, Pablo, I think we start with you, mate. Um, talk us through uh, your selection, obviously, for the benefit of those listening on audio and, and any explanations as to why. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, we've gone with Ramsdale in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel, and my change there is Tini. Um, I, I actually feel sorry for Kieran at the moment. He was... Probably like I remember last season, everyone's like saying, "Oh, best left back in the league," and all this sort of stuff. Like we was running and raving about him, and I know Shevchenko's come in, and he is probably a, a step above Tini. But the way like um, say Tommy Asu will come in instead of Tini, somebody else will come in instead of Tini. Something I don't know what has happened in the background. Whether he might even I don't know. I've even thought about maybe he's carrying an injury or something that we don't know about or something psychological because you can't drop off from being so good last season to possibly being like third or fourth choice left back in the league and there's been in our team sorry and there's been so many occasions where although Shevchenko does the job very very well um 
he we we missed that direct direct attack sort of from Teeny because Teeny will sort of open up play and sort of be pumping down the channels and stuff. Whereas Shevchenko don't. He comes in, plays almost like a midfielder, and sometimes that can be predictable. And sometimes you just need someone direct. And I think being at home, we're going to be on top of the game, attacking obviously Everton a lot more. Um, so I'd put Teeny in there. Partey, if he's fit, he starts for me. There's no discussions. I know some people are, oh, Jorginho's played well. Jorginho's job was to come here and do exactly what he's done right now, and that is to replace, um, uh, to cover for Partey when Partey can't play. So to me, Partey's fit, he comes back in. Shaka Odegaard, usual. And I'll go with the same attacking three that we went last um at the weekend, so Martinelli, Tossard, and Toss, Trossard. You had a right nightmare. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And Saka. So I'll go back to bed, man. <laughs> and I've my stuff. We've had Jeb Zinko. We've had yeah. Heaney. Uh, we've had. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so tired. But um, yeah, you guys know what I mean. That's <laughs> like costing me my monetization with Tossard. There, there you go. Brilliant. And um, then you got my Trossard as my star man, I think. He'll, he'll get his goal. Sure. Yeah, no, lovely stuff. <laughs> uh, Garrett, I don't think you got any pressure now with your pronunciations at all here, but talk us through your team, mate. Um, yeah, it's very similar to Pablo's team. Um, so we've got Ramsdale, White, Saliba, but I've kept Zinchenko in. And then midfield, we've gone for Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, and then, yeah, the front three from the weekend. So Martinelli, Trossard, and Saka. Um, yeah, I think Partey, as Pablo said, if he's fit, play him. Um, and then Zinchenko, yeah, I kind of thought about this one as well, kind of what Pablo, uh, the directness of Tierney. And I kind of I wasn't really sure, but in the end, I decided just to stick with Zinchenko. And to be honest, I think Arteta will stick with Zinchenko as well. Um, it's kind of, I suppose, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, do you want that potential directness, you know, him bumping down, pulling the defender out, or do you want, you know, Zinchenko doing it a little bit differently, you know, maybe pulling someone out in midfield from, you know, in the from midfield. I don't know. It's, I think Arteta kind of prefers that uh, rather than you know bombing down this line and lumping a ball in. Um, because I, to be honest, like I don't, I don't think we've that much height and any particularly great headers in there. You know, like Martinelli, Trossard, Saka. I wouldn't say they're you know expert headers of the ball. Um, maybe that's a bit harsh, but look, I, I think it's fair, reasonably fair anyway. Um. But, yeah, no, I think, look, the midfield is where I think it'll be won or lost. They'll have, I would say, the exact same midfield they played against against us last time. Um, so we've just got to be on it. And I think that's why Odegaard, I think if the midfield's on it tomorrow, it'll be because Odegaard is pulling the strings, you know, playing those passes into the final third where we need them and just, yeah, dictate and play like he does. Um, so, yeah, I'm profiting him. But, yeah, yeah I, I like the lineup. Yeah, no, I think so. It was. I'll come to some questions actually to you all about your lineups because there is a theme that runs through that. I wanted to check on before we go to that. James, a couple of changes for you. Talk us through them. Yeah, I went ahead and I, I rotated out like I was talking about. I mean, Tommy also coming in because like I don't think that he offers anything different than what White does. White's White's been very good and one of our best players this year, but um, I just think Tommy Asu can do the job and he can give White a rest and then bring White back in at the weekend. Um, other than that, you know, same back line, Ramsdale, obviously, in goal. Uh, and then I played Party and Jorginho because I thought that when Party came on at the weekend for Odegaard, he did really well. And he was getting into attacking areas, and I think that um, he, he offers you more mobility than Xhaka does, and also Xhaka really needs a rest. So uh, I think that they can play well together, and I, I would like to see him at least try. Um, and then uh, the front three – 
I kept Trossard in because I think that his his play style is better against a low block type team. And we know that Dice is going to come in and do the same thing that he did when we went there. So, uh, and I think that Eddie was just very, very much not on it that day. And it's going to be the same, same story over again. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's, uh, I've just realized my thing's going up saying you have 33 minutes of battery left. So excuse me while I sort out my charger when I ask the next question, but, um, all of you have gone for, for Trossard up top. I'll show you my lineup shortly, but Pablo, why doesn't Eddie Nketiah come back in? Uh, do you know, it's, it's, to be fair, it's quite a harsh, the fact that none of us have actually picked him. Um, Eddie's done a brilliant job covering since Jesus has been gone. But I don't know, just, just seeing Trossard, every time he has come onto the pitch, he's been absolutely brilliant. And the way he took his goal, I know he was disallowed, but the way he took his goal, um, he's, got, he's, at, he's not done anything wrong to be dropped at the moment. And obviously, Eddie's going for a bit of a gold route as such um so to me at the moment you play the players that are on on form and are basically doing better at the moment and i think trossard is doing better than eddie so that's the only reason why i'd put him on not that eddie's a bad player in any sort of way shape or form i just think right now on form trossard is probably the more likely to score a goal than eddie You're on mute, Tom. On mute. There you go. I've done a Pablo. Um, no, with uh, with with this, Garrett, have you got anything to add on on why you'd pick him? Yeah, I think it'll it's going to be a game that's kind of won in around the box. So I think there'll be a lot of bodies in tight spaces, and I think Trossard generally is just better in tight spaces. You know, he's smaller, better at dribbling. You know, we've seen what he's done in tight spaces, like you know, at Anfield when he put a hat trick past Liverpool. He's dancing around the box, you know. So yeah, look, that's why I think it's going to be fought around that area and yeah as Pablo said I mean Trossard has been better than he recently so just keep him on and I have I mean if I was to play Trossard tomorrow I absolutely start Eddie against Bournemouth um I think I mean Bournemouth's defense is shocking nothing short of it so I Eddie could definitely bag one full faith in that and, and lastly James you know you've also gone for Trossard and he's your star man I mean why do you disagree with with people like Daniel said I'd definitely start Eddie no question for the reason I already said he he didn't have a great game when we went to Everton but you can also put a lot of that up to the pitch and I, it's going to be a completely different game at home anyway but I think just watching Trossard play with Martinelli it it reminded me of watching Jesus play with Martinelli obviously not uh, he's not as athletic as Jesus, in my opinion, but he is a very technical player on the ball. And he and Martinelli together, I think they just worked really well. So uh, seeing Martinelli come back to form is really like one of my favorite things to see so far this season because I love Martinelli as a player. Stuff. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I went for Trossard as well. Um, I, I just think that we saw a lot more from Martinelli in particular uh, with Trossard in the team. I see a lot more of Gabriel Jesus's style when Trossard's playing there. I think that the collaborativeness of, of Trossard and the working tight spaces, it leans more on the success we had at the start of the season with Jesus. He's not Jesus. I'm not trying to say that he is. I just think the similarities are more so there with him than there are with, with Nketiah. Um, I think that Nketiah deserved, it wasn't just about the fact he had supposedly a knock or that he wants to rest him. I, I think that it was the right thing to do was to put Trossard in. And I'd been, you know, we've been doing a couple of preview shows and I had Trossard in my starting 11 for the last couple of games because I wanted to see him come in. I thought that Nketiah had been missing a few chances. Um, 
The reason why I've swapped out Xhaka is, again, Xhaka, like Martinelli, like Nketiah, has played every single game. And I think there's an opportunity here to use Vieira in this fixture. I think you can go a little bit more attacking at home against Everton, a team that we're expecting to sit back a bit more. I think that we can throw Vieira in here and give him an opportunity. I think he's going to be playing the midweek games anyway against Sporting. Jack will come back in against Bournemouth, probably come on in the second half if we need him. Partey's interesting. Like We're not 100% sure on his availability um, because Arteta spoke quite... He didn't, he didn't rule him out of the game, um, but he basically said he's got a training session today and they're going to see how he is. But he obviously played the weekend, but he still doesn't seem 100%. I'd be shocked if he did start this fixture. Um, Jorginho, though, has been great. You know What I love about that signing is that we're not bringing Elneny in, we're not bringing Laconga in, and no disrespect to those two, but the level of Jorginho is just of that of a starting top-level club, more so than those two players I've just named. So, yeah, this is the team that I'd go for. I don't think there's anyone else that stands out, but Vieira and Trossard, one of the main two talking points in that team. Uh, okay, uh, big news, by the way, uh, dropping. Uh, Gabriel Jesus posting on his social media feeds, working, training outside with the football, looking very, very good. Um, it's, yeah, we're getting closer uh, to Gabriel Jesus returning. Information from my colleague Kai Karnat was that he was indeed supposed to return before the international break. That's five Premier League games away. So that would really put us in a position where we'd have Jesus, you'd imagine, for at least the last 10 games of the season, which I think is a great bonus for the running. Last 10 games, having Jesus there is, is going to be big. So fingers crossed we get some more positive news on Jesus' availability and maybe even seeing him in some of the under-21 squads potentially in the next couple of weeks as he builds back up and the Europa League, of course, as well. Okay, let's uh, let's go to predictions. Pablo, scoreline and scorers, please. Uh, I'm going to go 4-1 to Arsenal. Scorers? Uh, scorers, Trossard, I think you'll get a couple. Um, Martinelli will get another one, and uh, we've got Odegaard. Big stuff. Garrett? Yeah, I'll go to 3 1. Um, so I'll go Trossard for one, Saka for one, and Odegaard for the last. Lovely stuff. James? I was also going to go 4 1. Uh, I think it'll be tr- everybody in the front three Trossard, Martinelli, and Saka, and Odegaard getting one as well. Beautiful. Uh, let's see what you guys in the chat box are saying. Uh, as I said, it's going to be nil-nil. Oh, that's not, that's opti- not optimistic at all. <laughs> Pablo's face is like, sorry. Um, Rancid's going for a 2 new Arsenal. Trossard and Erdegaard. Dan says 5 new Arsenal. Saka with all five. Please do something for my triple captain. Uh, Temi says 2 new boring Arsenal win. Terry says 2 new Trossard and Saka. Bradley says 3 new Trossard, Saka, Erdegaard. Um, Michaela says 3-0 Arsenal uh, revenge win this one indeed we are looking to get revenge of course on Everton uh, MIR reaction says 3-0 Arsenal Ranpus says 2-0 uh, Maida says 2-0 Arsenal win with a clean sheet uh, Jason says 2-0 uh, 2-1 rather they're going to make us work for it Jonathan says 2-0 Benji says 4-1 Saka Bray Smithrow and Trossard Amira says 3-1 because we never keep clean sheets at home. Saka Awobi own goal and Kivior debut go off the bench. Very, very. That's, that is quite the prediction. We'll get some more predictions as we wrap up today's show. For me, I'm going to say 3-1 for us. Uh, ben White Screamer, obviously. Um to guard to get on the score sheet. And if he does start, I'd like Fabio Vieira to score as well. He, I think confidence-wise, he needs a bit of a boost. Um, as, of course, this is an evening show, I take the opportunity to welcome our uh, listeners from the West in North and South America. And that means I need to tell you about our live podcast that we're going to be doing in Chicago in April. Um, I've 
basically I told a bit of a fib in the last show in the sense that I thought tickets were available now. They're not. They've become available on the 10th of March. But you can indeed register on the Gunapalooza or the Chicago Gunas website to get told uh, all of the information about when you will be able to buy tickets on that 10th of March. But the event is taking place over the weekend of the 21st of April through to the 23rd. Fingers crossed we'll have a game. It depends on what happens with Southampton in the FA Cup and, of course, ourselves in the Europa League too. But fingers crossed we'll have a game against Southampton that weekend. But it's a live podcast in Redline VR uh, at 1 p.m. on the 22nd of April. I'll be doing it back-to-back in terms of on the same time with the Arsenal Vision boys, Elliot and Paul. I'll be joined by our regular John. And the whole thing will be hosted by somebody called Mike um, from the Gooners pod. don't know if you've ever heard of that before. Um, I haven't. But uh, apparently it's very, very funny and good. But no, in all seriousness, it should be a good day, uh, a lot of fun. It'll be great to meet so many of you as well that are based in the US. It's always great when I meet people over here for games and stuff like that. But be able to go to the US and meet some of our uh, North American listeners uh, is going to be fantastic. So do make sure you come along, get involved. As I say, all the ticket information is on the Chicago Gunas, Guna Palaza, Palooza rather, uh, website. So make sure you go and check that one out. There you go. Lovely stuff. Um, Pablo, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Much appreciated. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, well, obviously, Discord server, I'll be there. Um, and Twitter as well, Pablo, uh, was it Pablo Mirror 11? I think I am, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yes, uh, that's yep, it. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> so you can find me. And thanks for having me, Tom. And thanks for everybody. It's been a really good show. Enjoyed it. Pleasure. Garrett, pleasure as always, my friend. Tell people they can find you. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, you can find me the Discord server. Yeah, and as always, uh, yeah, join up and uh, get involved. Lovely stuff. And finally, James, we got there in the end with the connection, but it's been stable throughout. Appreciate your time. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, Discord server, Ginger Gooner, or uh, on Twitter, Ginger Gooner 86. Lovely stuff. Make sure you give plenty of love to my fantastic guests, Pablo Garrett and James, in the chat box and the comment section down below. Let us know your predictions, of course, if you're listening on Catch Up with the comment section down below as well. Uh, we also put out a, a brief short this morning as well, which does a little kind of funny clipped up of me talking about VAR, if you want to go and give that a watch as well. And if you want to watch back Mikel Arteta's press conference and listen to the questions that we got through to the Arsenal manager, you can go and do that on the Arsenal way as well. You can read my piece on it as well on football.london so make sure you go and check out all the stuff over there thank you so much for listening drop a like on the video i'll be back with the usual service resumed 8 a.m tomorrow morning catching up on all the latest news of the last 24 to 48 hours plus the usual q a session too see you then have a fantastic evening and as always up the arsenal It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.